2: but <laughs> S.O.S. S.O.S. has anybody seen the Kobe Dean S.O.S. has anyone seen the Kobe Dean big sills how you doing holy shit fourth straight day For a guy who's seen 34 snaps, you might want to get some reps. Don't let Miles Jack take your gig. We're going to get to that here in a minute. That's going to be kind of down the line here a bit. Because I am going to talk about the exhibition game against the Ravens here in a minute. I want to show you how hard it is to evaluate the quarterback position. And to show you, funny, Tone was just talking to me about. Have you ever seen a player that is thought of one year? <laughs> you know, and here, here's the crazy part of this. So, who is he? Last year, where no one respected him, or this year when people respect you? Who is he? Somewhere in the middle? Who is the guy? We'll we'll talk about that top 100. Okay, where they see him, the media does not respect hurts, but the most important. List Listies on your peers. Well, again, like I said, I'm going to get to that. But I'm going to show you how hard it is to evaluate the quarterback position and how perception can damage a quarterback and how people see him. When Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts is still fighting, being fired in Alabama when it comes to the media. When it comes to the media and people outside of Philly, when they look at Hertz, like, if you go to a CBS website, they don't think shit of that guy. You go to the NFL.com, they don't think shit of that guy. They don't. Wrong. But look at Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is in a battle for the starting quarterback, With Kyle Trask in Tampa. And he was the number one overall selection. How do you miss so... Here, get this. His last 17 games as a starting quarterback in the NFL, he's 5-12. 50% completion percentage. Carson Wentz is better than Baker Mayfield. By far. By far. Carson Wentz is better than any quarterback in Tampa. That's not saying a lot. How do you miss on that? I think a lot of it is perception. It is. Because the one tangible you can't put an evaluation on is what's inside a kid. What drives you? Your work ethic. Jalen Hurts is not the most talented quarterback in the NFL. But you could make an argument he's the hardest working one. And to me, hard work sometimes outplays talent. Brady is the poster child for that. Tom Brady is the poster child. Hey, Tom Brady, he didn't have a celebrated college football career. They were trying to take that job away from him every year. And when he won it, and he came out of college and went to the Combines, nobody, even the Patriots, didn't think he was shit. Okay? I mean, hard work does go somewhere. You can outwork talent. Because... Talent doesn't always fulfill its destiny. Everyone sees Dude, when you figure that out and find that out, if I outwork you, okay, if I outwork you, I'm pretty much going to, you know, I see this and I saw this so much. Look, I was a good college football player not just my own world. I was a good college football player. I was above average. I got a lot of, I, I, I was good. I got to Miami, there were 20 defensive tackles that were ranked way ahead of me. Four-star, five-star guys. I outworked every freaking one of them but one. And these guys are Russell, Maryland, Cortez, Kennedy, and dudes like that. Outworked them. You can outwork talent. Once you feel it and see it, it becomes contagious. That's what Jalen's doing. He's outworking people. He's actually outthinking them, too. OK. It's good. It's good here. Here's one thing, too. Here, you know, I will get to this list. Let's, let, me, let me let me do this list now. I got a top 10. And I saw the top 100 and how the players look. It's a year thing. OK, nobody in their right mind is going to sit here and say Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the NFL. There's no coincidence both quarterbacks are in the Super Bowl are in the top three. But it's a respect respect list. Brady was number one last year. He wasn't the best player in the league, but the players respected him. They knew it was his last year. I'd rather be on that list than any other list that comes out or anything because those are the people that are in my profession and how they perceive me coming off my year. That's not a career conversation, that list. You had a really good 2022. That's how they see it. Nobody in their right mind thinks that Hassan Reddick is a better ball player than TJ Watt. Nobody. Watt was hurt, and Hassan was a good player, but he's not better than TJ Watt. He's not. Again, it's coming off of a season. It's respect that the players give you for the year you had in 2022, which is great. This is not a diss. Again, one more time, though. Uh, You know, I will never, and I won't even read anything you're saying now. I have no interest in it. Am I going to sit here and ground somebody for one season, whether you're a defensive back or a quarterback? You want to have a conversation? Who's coming off the best 2022 season? when it comes to quarterbacking last year absolutely hurts is in the conversation mahomes absolutely all those guys big numbers a lot of guys trevor lawrence bad start great finish justin herbert great start horrible finish a lot of great players lamar jackson incomplete year and not a very good ending This is what we do here. Okay, not waving banners. We tell the truth here. So, my let me do my list. Here's the top ten players I see in the league. By the way, I think you could take these, and I took the same top ten that they had on theirs because you know why. I'm looking at what the players said, who they thought were the top ten players. And I'm gonna use their opinions, but I'm gonna put my spin on it. Now, this is opinion. How many, let me let me ask you one question about Tyreek Hill. Um, Joseph goes, Joe Burrow starts to become injury prone. So is Jalen Hurts. If Tyree Kill retired today, is he a Hall of Famer? No. Okay? I'll put him ten. I'm not impressed with him. I'll take I'll take AJ Brown or Devontae Smith over him. I'm not impressed with him. I know a lot of people are speed. Let me ask you this: Would you would you take Tyree Kill over AJ Brown or Devontae Smith? Really, would you? Players have him in the top ten. Would you take A.J. Brown over him in a game where you had to have your guy blocking downfield and after the catch, how many touchdowns did he have? Six? All those yards, six touchdowns? I know the shitty quarterback played on there, or I should say inconsistent. I would never take Tyreek Hill over A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. That's just me. I wouldn't players voted these 10 guys i put michael parsons ninth i think the guy's a big mouth and i think he shows up sometimes and i think sometimes he plays great and i think other times he's average he's just not a consistent ball player and i mean by a consistent ball player where you're great every single day hey when you guys can you guys some of you older guys when you watched Reggie, when you watched Reggie White, I won't even use Lawrence Taylor. When you watched Reggie White play, did you ever see Reggie White not show up in a game? Honestly, in games you lost, even do you remember Reggie not being a factor? I don't. I don't, and I watched the tapes on him. I watched games that the Eagles lost. I was in the league at the time. I never saw Reggie White, where you came away going, boy, they did a great job on Reggie. I've never seen anybody block him. That's the shit I'm talking about. Do you guys ever remember a game that Lawrence Taylor against your Eagles or your Giants, do you ever remember win or lose? That guy wasn't killing people. I don't. I don't. I don't remember any of those guys. Michael Parsons, I watch him. I saw Lane John. Hey, I never saw Reggie White. And he went against Anthony Munoz. Blocked. That's greatness. That's greatness. Dude, every time that guy stepped on the field, 92, you were like this, holy shit, it's Reggie White. Holy shit, it's 56. When I see Parsons step on the field, I go like this. Okay, where is he? No problem. I think Gronk could knock his dick into the dirt. I don't, I'm not as high on it. I think, okay, Boy, i tell you what, when you're the Dallas Cowboys, you get a lot of passage. Like, like here, Micah Parsons. Eagles have never really had an outside edge rusher like that. Okay, so it's, you can't really use him like that because he, he, Micah's probably better than Hugh Douglas. He's probably better than Hugh. Dude, I don't see great... That's that's it right there, Jay. I don't see greatness with Parsons. Travis Kelsey, number eight. Again, these are the players' 10. I'm putting him in my order of 10. I guess so. Travis Kelsey would not be on my team. I'd rather have Dallas Goddard. You know why? Because my guy's going to block the shit out of people. He's going to catch the football... And he's tough. This guy is part of an offense that runs the ball, catches the ball, and he's dual threat. Travis Kelsey couldn't block us he, he couldn't block his sister. I think he again, I think he's Jason Witten 2.0. Yes me. Again, I mean, maybe it's your style. Maybe it's your style. He's kind of, watch this. Can I, honest to God here, you know what, man? When I watch Travis Kelsey play, why do I see Aaron Hernandez? Aaron Hernandez and him have a lot of similarities in the way they play the game. Aaron Hernandez was an all pro. He was a pro bowl player. He was a good football player. And I see, I see Aaron Hernandez. When I see Travis Kelsey, I, I, okay. I say this at seven, Chris Jones. I think he's the best interior defensive tackle, and that includes Aaron Donald. Now, watch this. Is Chris Jones better than Aaron Donald? No. He's coming off a better year. There's a great example of what we're talking about with Hurts, okay? Hurts is not better than Aaron Rodgers. Don't kid yourself. Aaron Rodgers is the 50th ranked player in the league? Really? Okay. We'll see who's going to be wearing a gold jacket. But Jalen's coming off a better year, okay? And look at Aaron's numbers last year. They weren't horrible. They were below his standards. Aaron Rodgers has some of the craziest numbers. It's four to one interception touchdown ratio four to one he's the most accurate arm in nfl history really jalen's better than him i don't think so but he's coming off a good year there's a great example of it here chris jones is not a better ball player than aaron donald aaron donald was hurt okay who hey who in here thinks chris jones is better than aaron donald Who thinks Chris Jones is better than Aaron Donald? Does anybody? Does anybody think Chris Jones is better than Aaron Donald? Again, I get it. I got Josh Allen six. Again, these are the 10. These aren't the 10 guys I'd put in here, but I took their 10 and i put Josh Allen. Josh Allen, for all the shit you hate, I'll show you what Eagle fans do that's fucking crazy great, okay? How many people think that uh, Chris Jones or um, Josh Allen had a horrible year last year? Josh Allen stats. How many people think that he had a horrible year last year? How many people think that Josh Allen had a horrible year? Won 13 ball games too. See what Tone says. I'm always interested in what my friend says. Allen didn't have a horrible year to me. Won 13 games, 13 and 3. You guys said that he didn't really look good. Okay. So last year, in a horrible year, according to some Eagle fans, he went 13 and 3. Had forty-two, eighty-three yards, 35 touchdowns, and 96 quarterback rating. And threw a 98-yard touchdown strike, which is the biggest play of the league last year. But he had a horrible year. Can you imagine when you guys figure he straightens it out? Was he going to go undefeated? No back, one wide out. He did that with. Pretty good defense. In the AFC. That guy had a stellar year last year. Just got to protect the ball better. And here, two tone, here's something else. Slide! Slide! Where you're going to look like Cam. Slide! Led the league in turnovers. Can you imagine, Sean, when he straightens it out, it doesn't lead the league in turnovers? and still goes 13-3, and three, 35 touchdowns, 4,300 yards. Can you imagine when he does and doesn't turn the ball over? Jalen played a perfect season last year. Can you imagine what the ceiling is? So you actually think there's a higher ceiling for Hurts than Allen? You're crazy. Led the league in turnovers. Can you imagine that? Protect the ball better. Can you imagine when he does? You can coach that 13 and three in the AFC. If the bills were in the NFC, they'd be undefeated. <laughs> Twins goes table left. And I know, man, what a horrible year. 13 and three, 35 touchdowns. Jeez. Horrible year. Dropped the ball against the Vikings. Lost home field. Of- yeah, I know so many negative things. Can you imagine when he does play better? Good freaking grief. I got Hurts fifth. For a guy that wasn't on the list last year, incredible. I got Hurts fifth, man. And you could debate three or five. I got Jalen five. He's coming off a great year. What was the most impressive thing about Jalen Hurts last year? To give him this high ranking. Wishful thinking of what? Oh, with Allen? Slide, kid. Um, what was the most impressive thing um that Jalen did last year? Accuracy? Um, Hertz was consistent. I love that, Brian. He was. He was. He was the most consistent quarterback of any quarterback, outside of Mahomes last year, and that's why he's third, with the players. Absolutely, he was consistent, and his touch and placement were superior from the year previous. And I disagree with some who say he had a good first year starting. I thought it was mediocre. But with one thing I did think in his first year starting. I think he showed his leadership qualities. I don't think he's any better leader last year than he was his first year starting. I think he's the same guy. I do. Efficiency, yes, efficiency. That's right, JM. That's a really great one by JM. He improved his deficiencies, didn't he? All the weak things that we thought he had, he got better at. Mediocre just sounds negative. It just means average. Okay. Um, I agree. Hurts is cerebral. I you know, tone, tone even said it. He goes, Sils, have you ever seen a guy catapult up the NFL hierarchy? Like Kurtz, no. Okay? No. No. By the way, one more time. I don't think numbers are going to be an indicative thing of this guy. A little behind on the stream, but I agree with your take on, on Hill. He's fast, but he's a body catcher, not... Yeah, I'm with you, J.H. I don't think he's got great hands. Brown and Smitty have unbelievable body control and are getting better. I I do not think that Tyreek Hill is better than the two receivers in Philadelphia. I do not think that. And by the way, I don't think it's close. I mean, the two fastest wide receivers I've ever seen in the last 30 years have been Deshaun Jackson and Tyree Kill. Hill's got a Super Bowl because of the quarterback he played with. But it just showed you he didn't need him then, and he didn't need him last year. He never needed Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill needed him. Tyree Kill needed Mahomes. Most important thing that Tone and everyone else says, you know what that is? Winning ball games. You gotta have the signal caller to win your ball games. You can have all the stats and numbers you want, but if you're not winning the games, that, and again, here is the difference between the Eagles and the Cowboys. They win the game, the Cowboys don't win the game. And you're going, what game is that? What, the games that matter? The games that matter. So I got Jalen fifth. Last year, he wasn't even in the top 100. Amazing amazing and i said it again i know some of you can't hear i think the eagles have the best offense in the nfc maybe in the nfl with the combinations who's got a better o-line wide receiving core, tight end quarterback and get this here I'll, i'll tell you something else if deandre swift plays 15 games I don't know how you defend them. I don't. I don't know how you defend them. If that kid and they're practicing uh, sweeps and screens, and they're—I've seen them practicing on some of the video. They're they're practicing that screen and that middle screen. Who has a better offense in the AFC? As a matter of fact, I'm going to get to that list too. I got that. We're going to get to that real soon here. I promise you. We'll, we'll do that, JM, here in a bit. Um, I got Nick Boza fourth. Here's why. Nick Boza is not just a run stopper. He had 19 and a half sacks. I mean, this guy's a ball player. <laughs> Nick is going to make north of $30 million. He's the best non-position player or non-offensive player in the league. Okay? I got Joe Burrow third. Two consecutive years, he's gone to the AFC title game. He's won one of them. Went to a Super Bowl. In his three years starting, been a great run and he's turned around one of the worst organizations in pro football. That's the Bengals. He's turned them around. Totally turned them around. I got Justin Jefferson too. He's I mean I'll, I'll take that back on Bozo. It's it, hey, if you had to take one, Nick Bozo or Justin Jefferson, who would you take? No, no. No, I I no here, Hawk. I didn't put any of the new names in my top 10. I took who the players thought who the top 10 players were and I kind of moved them around how I saw them. So I didn't add anybody. I took their these are the 10 players that they think are the best players coming off the 2022 year. Okay? So I didn't add anybody. Jefferson, I don't know, I'm a defensive guy, so I'm probably going to take the edge rusher. Tone two, I'm taking the edge rusher. I think you can win doesn't isn't it apparent you can win without an elite wide receiver. you can win without elite wideouts. You can win without them. You don't have to have elite wide receivers to win. <clears throat> Emma Holmes number one. It, 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 it is remarkable where Jalen is. Now, with that being said, and by the way, I'm going to get to my Eagles here in a minute, who I want to see during the Ravens game. Let me ask you this. How many people think that people are setting Jalen Hurts up for failure with all this hype off of one year? You did it to Wentz. You propped him up. It was crash and burn. You called him elite. You called him franchise. Did you give him too much love too soon? Did you set him up for failure? Sure sounds it every time you mention the word Wentz around here, People go into a coma. Nobody likes to be proven wrong. No one likes to have what they thought could have been this turn out to be that you propped up once too soon. Do you think off of one year you're, you're setting Jalen up for failure? What if he doesn't get to the AFC or excuse me, NFC championship game? Did he fail? 255 million reasons why many people will say yes. That's not the point, Eagle fan, that Wentz is weak. You didn't think that. You think it today in hindsight. You didn't think that then. Stop lying. Again, Robert, that's hindsight. Stop lying. Bruce, you never thought he was your franchise quarterback when he was 11-2. and two. Really? Okay. Again, we beat that to death. We're not continuing that. Do you think you're fit setting up Jalen Hurts for failure? Tell you what. How about this? If Jalen Hurts doesn't get to the NFC title game, will it be a failure no matter what he does? Yes or no? This, I'm going to hold you to. And I'll tell you what I think. Okay, Jeffy, if Hurts doesn't get to the NFC title game, will the 2023 season be a failure? Yes or no? Yep. Lewis goes, no. Huh. No. Well, what the hell did you give him the $255 million for and prop him up as the best quarterback in the NFC? So the best quarterback in the NFC with the best talent and the best offense, if he doesn't get to the Super Bowl or he doesn't get to the NFC title, I didn't even say Super Bowl. He doesn't get to the NFC title game. He'll have a successful year. Excuse me, but slide over, Kirk Cousins. We have a new person in your room. Is it a possibility we did prop Wentz up? We love what he provided, but in the end, Wentz did not fail because of skill and talent. He failed because of work ethic and mentality. And that's not on her. I'm not saying that. But the crash and burn that Wentz went through also affected the fan base too, Tone. Because then they immediately turned on a guy who created a lot of success for his time here. It ended horribly. But the Wentz run resulted in a Super Bowl. No matter how you look at that, he was propped up, crash and burn. And now you call it a failure. At the end, That's like saying that the Rams and the Buccaneer run, if they go through four years of shitty football, but they won Super Bowls, was a bad run. Wouldn't you give up four years of shitty football for a Super Bowl? I would. There's a reason certain teams don't go back to Super Bowls the next year. It's the most difficult thing to do in any team sport. By the way, winning back-to-back World Series... Think about the last National League team that won back-to-back World Series. Can you? Doing it again is the most incredible thing. What I mean, I, I can't even think of the last team to do it in the National League. Was it the Reds? I just think this. Don't set him up. His overall football career is looked at as a failure. He failed more as a teammate than as a player. Yes, because he's dopey. Carson Wentz is dopey. A stupid-ass picture the other day, he's dopey. He's as dopey. Come here. He's as dopey as Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is a cheerleader. Carson Wentz is dopey. They're two immature guys, just different in how they do it. Those are two dudes and two examples of people that are just not made out to lead at that position. Another guy, a Jake Cutler, is another guy, is another dude like that. Jeff George, all those guys that have all that talent, don't just don't be stupid and don't care. And get this, the most impossible thing to evaluate at that position. Okay. Just it went. Wentz is dopey. Stop that. Perception is everything. Okay. Perception is everything. All right. I want to move on to this one before I get into the preseason here. Where are we? All right. So the fourth straight day, Nicobe Dean's not playing, and Miles Jack is getting reps. Is do you have a concern? Do you have a concern? Tone, big I do. Keon, of course, no. And in context, and Shakir goes, no, he's hurt. I I know. I know. I'm sorry, but playing football, getting hurt is part of it or not. Sorry, but that's part of it. Here's why it's important. You really believe that a guy who took 34 snaps last year, 34 snaps. The midnight green shades are blinding at times, isn't it, Sills? 34 snaps. And he's not going to probably play in the Ravens game. So he's going to miss game tempo, game speed. Sitting on the sidelines with a hat on and ice water. And you think that guy's gonna be ready for Bill Belichick. I don't care who is in the backfield for Bill Belichick. Nicoby Dean will not be ready just in game tempo. I'm just gonna start him week one. He needed he needed reps. He needs reps, game reps, not practice reps, where the coaches sit around going, kissing his ass, saying how good he's doing. That's not, that. this is, they're lying to you. So wait, let me get this right. You just signed two dudes off the street and are already running with the ones and twos. What, why, why did you have those other guys go through all those OTAs and minicamps? To just pull two dudes off the street and have them running with ones and twos. Personally, I think the Kobe D can lose his gig. Okay. We got two linebackers, not one. Shit, you ain't got one. Keon goes one week. One week. And you can't get through one week. And you're out four days. That's another week, dude. So get this. This guy can't get through one week, and here, he can't get through one. Let's just go with the health of the guy before we go with the player. So he can't get through one week, and he's out another week because of an ankle injury. Okay. And you're expecting that guy to replace 160 tackles. I'll ask you that again. You think that guy is going to replace 160? How about we give him T.J. Edwards' first year? What was it, 130? You think he, you think, let's not even go the 160 because he's not getting near 100 total tackles. Let's just say, let's just say the first year of 130 at the mic. He won't come anything near that. Look at Keon go like this. Yes. How are you saying yes when he can't even get through walkthroughs? Shakira goes 130 easy. There's nothing easy about his time so far. He's been hurt. I'm not, I, I want to see what the player looks like. <clears throat> Don't they? Don't you want to see what he looks like in game situation as a starting Mike? Or no? Wow. Every single linebacker that they have, you guys have gone on the cheap. That entire linebacking room is cheap and wishful thinking. And it's not so much that you can't get away with it, but what you decided to do again here, see, it's a combination of things. Could you get away here? Watch this guys if you had Javon Hardgrave and Fletcher Cox and Sue and Linville Joseph in front of these guys and you had Epps and CJ behind them, you could probably get away with that. You you could probably get away with that. But when you take all of those guys away, you're not, and a new coordinator, you're not getting away with that. You've punched too many holes in the side of the ship. Last year you had some holes in the run game, and in pass coverage. But you were able to get away with it because you got home so much. Okay? Sean goes like this. Kaiser White was a nobody last year and weren't sold on it. And you, I never – that is an absolute lie. I loved the signing of Kaiser White because we had Tom Telesco on this program say – I wish to God I didn't let that guy go. He came on this program the year that he signed. Every time people do that, you know why I can always go back and go with the truth? The general manager of the Chargers came on and said, he's a heck of a player. But we had to make financial decisions. That is not true. Tom Telesco, on this program, Go back in Jacob Media, and you'll see it. And him saying it, and me asking him about him. Not true. Made-up fake news. Okay? Kaiser White, the Eagles invested money in him. They gave him a signing bonus. Every linebacker that the Eagles have signed, they've given no money to. Somebody goes like this yesterday. Well, he's making $2.5 No, he's not. He'll make $2.5 million when the season starts in September. Right now, they're campers. They're making $3,500 a week. Zach Cunningham and Miles Jack are making $3,500 a week. Now, There could be a roster bonus somewhere in there of 10 grand or something like that to add to it. But they're making camp money now for veterans. That's 3,500 a week. They're not making their salary. That's not true. Your salary, when you sign a salary, your salary is for the regular season. It's not for the entire year. Jesus Christ! Didn't anybody get you guys an understanding of how contracts work in the NFL? Patrick Mahomes is not paid forty million dollars during camp. He's got incentives for roster reporting bonuses. He'll get four hundred thousand dollars for reporting to camp on time. That's how they compensate. That if he if he's if he's on the roster, then he probably gets weekly bonuses. So they compensate. Like when Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts' contract is not for the postseason. He's got incentives in there. If you get to the NFC title game, he probably gets an additional million. If he gets to the Super Bowl, he probably gets an additional 2.5 million. That's how incentives and contracts work. That's how, read a CBA one day. Okay? The guaranteed money. Is the guaranteed money could be spread out, JM, over the year and quarterly, depending on how you want it and how Nicole Lynn wanted it paid out. Some guys want it in bulk, some like they, like Dak did, and some like it spread out four quarters for tax reasons. Absolutely, but these guys got no bonuses. Okay. They got five. They got no signing bonus money. There's no money given to them. That is an absolute lie. Holy shit, dude! Read the Inquirer. Read, 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 read the Inquirer. Or read anybody. Nobody gave them any signing bonus. So wait a minute. Did Morrow get money? Morrow got no signing money either. I'm not going through this bullshit. Anyway. One thing is for sure. You got a problem at linebacker. Got a problem at linebacker. All right. Let's go into this. Here are the players that I want to see play during the week of the Ravens. Okay? 12th, right? Is when they play the Ravens. Okay. I got to find out if Nicholas Morrow can play or not play. I don't think he's a good ball player. Now I'm going to take a little bit of what tone told me. And I happen to agree. Maybe with better people, maybe the guy plays better. Okay. Maybe he does. There's a component to that that. Okay. There's a component to that. Okay, I want to find out if this guy can play. I think he's got to play in that Ravens game. Let's see if this guy can play. Dude, you're splitting time with a guy who's a practice squad guy. I got to see if that guy can play. So help me out here on this. What, what, what's the status of Keeley Ringo? Has he been playing? Has anybody watched him play or anything? Has anyone seen him? I've heard nothing of him. Is he getting any reps with the ones or twos or what? I, I've heard nothing of him. Is he getting any, what's going on with him? I mean, th- th- it, it, it's almost like this guy belongs on a milk carton. Has anyone said any of that? I mean, I haven't any. I haven't heard anyone say he's having a good camp or anything. Okay. I want to see him play. Let's get him acclimated. I'll tell you what; these preseason games are more important this year than they were a year ago. You know why? You've got to find your depth. You don't have depth. Where's your depth at wideout? Zero. You have some depth at tackle. I like the kid sills being brought back. You have no depth at T- DT. You have no depth at edge rusher. You have zero depth at corner. You have no depth at linebacker. So you're going to need to find these guys and create some depth. Hey, Dan, you're very knowledgeable and passionate about football. Why don't you coach or why do you have an issue or do you have a same issue Seth would on being no-nonsense guy? I've been offered – I look, I got offered to coach at the University of Miami with Randy Shannon, Butch Davis in Cleveland and Carolina. I was offered opportunities, Ace, to be in the personnel department with the Raiders and Al Davis and Ken Herrick. And I, I sometimes question, you know, I mean, what, whether or not I should have done that. Okay, so it was a choice. It, it, it was a, it was a choice, and maybe I picked wrong. Okay, maybe I picked wrong. Okay, maybe I picked wrong. <laughs> Raiders. Raiders are watching. Thank you. Okay. Let's see here. N'Kobe Dina, Miles Jack, starting linebacker. As long as Miles Jack is the mic, I'm good. JM, you think the O-line depth is a concern? Jack Driscoll, Tyler Steen, or Cam Jurgens? I don't know. I, 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 It's not quite a year ago. Dillard's going to start in Tennessee. I get it. Say I don't know. I, I, You know, I'll get to this. I wanted to see N'Kobe Dean, but he's MIA. We've already gone over this guy. I want to see him play. I've I got to see Miles Jack play. He's nine. I'll tell you what, man. They threw these guys right into the fire, did they not? Okay, did they not? at Mar Seals' coaching career would have been nothing but stories like Slay and Matt Patricia. Really? Well, I did recruit Cortez Kennedy and Russell, Maryland to the University of Miami. And I did make them, convince them to go there. And also Bryant McKinney, they asked me to get Bryant McKinney in the room there for Ed Ogeron, and I made a call to him and went and saw him. I can name numerous people that I've done that to. Ray Buchanan, done that too. You have no idea what you're talking about when you're talking about personnel on um, what the school asks me to do and go and talk to people. I, I recruited Vince Wolfric for the school. Okay. Um, I like to see Milton Williams. Okay. like to see Milton Williams. I want to see him get a lot of playing time against the Ravens. I want Quez Watkins. Quez, better get your ass out there, son. All that lip service, you're a number one. As far as I'm concerned, Marshmallow, your job's on the line. Your job's on the line. Sidney Brown. Anybody give me an update on Sidney Brown? How's he looking? I like the player, too. I'm a fan of his. I liked him coming out of Illinois. Okay? I I like this kid. Hard hitter. Tough. Athlete. Fast. There's a lot to like about this guy. I want this guy to get a lot of playing time because they may have to play him. I want Sidney Brown to be my starting safety. So I got to get him up to speed. I got to play him immediately. Personally, you give me Sidney Brown or Reed Blankenship, I'm sorry. I hear people saying it all. Reed Blankenship or Sidney Brown. I'll take Sidney Brown because there's more of something there, I think, than Reed Blankenship. I know it's hard to repeat with the NFC being weak. Do you think how we can get away with the deficiencies at the line? I I do. You know what's going to be important, Ace? The depth. Why do you think the Eagles were able to put 22 of the starters that they started the season with in the Super Bowl on the field? They had exceptional luck and great depth. They don't have that this year. You lost all those frontline guys, especially on the other side. Of, by the way, once one more time. I'm not saying you're not going back to the Super Bowl because you're not good on offense. I'm saying you have by far way too many question marks on defense. That's what I'm saying. Did you notice – did you ever notice me going like this? we are just not good enough there. Well, it's probably true you're not because you're not experienced enough. It's the depth. It's not the talent. Okay. Look at Dank, question marks like what? If you don't know what the question marks are, Dank, two all-pro corners, one guy sucked last year at the end of the year. You have no depth at corner. Don't lose one of those guys. You're in trouble. Your safety position is in tatters. Your linebacking room is awful. Your DTs are completely inexperienced except for one. Any other questions? the right guard. I want Juergens and Steen to fight for the job in exhibition football. Best man win. Let these guys get out there and play. Get them going. Let's find out. Because the cool thing is, here, I'll say this to you. Personally, I'd like to see Steen win the job and Juergens get and have to fight for it. Because you know what you did? You created debt for the oldest player on your offensive line. In case there's an issue with him, and he goes up, Father Time's going to catch him. Jason Kelsey, Time's going to catch him. Either he's going to get lucky and run through the tape this year, injury-free, or we're going to see Father Time. Brady's the only man that has ever defied that. How many times you watch players, you go, holy shit, I can't believe that guy fell off the planet like that watch Justin Verlander this year when you watch Justin Verlander and Matt Scherzer and you watch it you went like this holy shit Verlander won to Cy Young last year he looks like shit I want to see Jalen Carter get some reps let's go And the most important thing I want to see. And get this, Teddy Bridgewater's now off the page. He just signed with Detroit, so you don't have him anymore. He he's doing physicals with the Detroit Lions. Look what the Lions did. The Lions got some insurance in case Jared Goff either sucks or gets hurt. That's a great sign. The Lions, man, I tell you. I got to see how they're going to play, but I want to see that team. That's going to be an interesting ball team. I think Marcus Mariota, and I said it when you guys signed him, he's going to be in a different role, so I guess let's see what it's going to be, bud. Marcus Mariota is who he is. He was not an NFL quarterback. Never was. Spotty. Sometimes. I don't know. Get this. So Mariota and Mayfield and Sam Darnold, and all these so-called Josh Rosen, and all these guys were so highly thought of. They're garbage. They're garbage. And, And I say that because of the amount of investment and manpower you put in to evaluate these guys. And when people consistently try to tell you Well, if he goes to a different – hey, it works sometimes. Look at Ryan Tannehill. It's a great example of that. Ryan Tannehill, right? Guy goes somewhere. All of a sudden, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill has gone to conference championship games. That's a guy that looked terrible in Miami. It happens. Brett Favre was going nowhere in Atlanta. Goes to Green Bay. It's coaching too, by the way. It's total coaching. And it just shows you again. If you've got great coaching around you, you're going to do great things. You're going to do great things. Okay? If Hertz is out four to five games, we're done anyways. I don't think that JM in the NFC. I don't think that. You may be done on home field advantage, because of the schedule you're playing, but I, I, I think I think that team if Jalen's out for here, it's a great point. If Jalen's out four weeks, how many weeks was he out last year? Three or two? How many weeks was Hertz out? Let's see. he Missed Saints, Cowboys, Saints and Cowboys. Is that it? Saints and Cowboys. And then he came back for the final. I think it's two, right? Saints and Cowboys. Okay. You can't miss a Cowboy game this year because that'll cost you the East. Because I think the Cowboys are going to be right there. Okay. I think the Cowboys are going to be right there. The Cowboys are good. They're going to be good again. The question will be will they win the game that matters? Like the Eagles have. That, I don't know. But they're going to be good. See, to me, it's about getting the Eagles in the NFC title game. They're comfortable playing you. And they're comfortable beating you. But every time they play anyone else, man, they're built to beat the Eagles, and they're not built to win a Super Bowl. The Eagles are built for the distance and the long haul. The Cowboys are not. Again, I said this two days ago. The Cowboys will do this to the Eagles. They'll beat them 28-25 and turn around and score four points against the Saints and get beat 10-6. And you're like, what? Cowboys have a back that can beat you. No, they have a quarterback that can beat you and has beaten you and does beat you. Hey, and and uh, 85, go Jalen Hurts, top three of the uh, NFL 100. Hey, it's a great reputation list. That's what the players think of him coming off his year. It's a great reputation list. It's not who the best players are, but it's 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 a great reputation list. And that's what they think of him coming off that year. Absolutely. The, the national people don't think that much of him. And that doesn't really matter. It's what your peers think of you. And the peers, okay, like like again, when you, we we talked about that, Chris Jones is not better ball player than Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's not in the top ten, but Chris Jones is coming off a better year. Okay, you want if we're going down that context, and that is the context. That's that's right. Two quarterbacks in the top three, we're in the Super Bowl. I don't think there's any coincidence to that. Bengals Eagles are chokers, Dan. Check the record, they choke. Um Now They get their hey, Here's the difference, Ben, between the Eagles and the Cowboys. They may strike out the Eagles, but they get their four swings. Okay, or they get their three swings. Okay? Cowboys don't get up to the plate. They don't get up to the plate. The Eagles get a shot with three swings to win it. Cowboys don't get their three swings. They're not even up. They're not even at the dish. They're not even at the dish. Okay? You got to get to, hey, at least they get to the plate to have a shot to win it. I'd want to be in that boat than the other one. Well, I'm never going to get my swings at a tile. No. Shit. What am I doing here? Getting paid? Okay. I want to take a look at both the AFC and NFC. Um, I think it's going to be a hell of a race in 2023. I think this is going to be an insane race. I really do. I think this is going to be absolutely incredible, this race. I cannot wait. By the way, please do me a favor make sure all Eagle fans, the official home of Eagle fans is King of Prussia Hooters. This is the official home also of Big Sills and the National Football Show throughout the entire 2023 NFL season and college football season. If you want to do your draft parties, make sure you call them. I'm hearing limited seats. Limited seats to get your draft party. They're at King of Prussia Hooters, right? NFL preseason, you know, the NFL truly starts this Thursday. Hall of Fame game's kind of a whatever game. Preseason really starts on Thursday, and this is going to be your place to go watch your favorite ball here. Daily specials Tuesday, you buy 10 wings, you get 10, 10 boneless wings free. 1983, that's significant. The year? But it's $19.83. All you can eat on Wednesdays. Kid eats for they eat for free on Saturdays. Six bucks, six items. This is what you get during happy hour, man. Miller light, tall drafts, coors light, tall drafts. Six items, six bucks. Put them together. You also get six boneless wings. 240, North Gulf Road, King of Prussia. And when you go to Hooters, do me a favor, tell them big sales sent you.
1: all right. Did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes. Really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right. Here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go, to writer, Go, to look. God, thank you mama. mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it.
2: Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
3: Uh huh.
2: E-A-G-L-E-S.
4: Eagles.
2: How many people think Mike Tomlin's a good coach? By the way, Tony Saracusa, college football's in chaos right now. Never seen anything like it. Okay, the Pac-12 is finished. There's no more Pac-12. It's done. After, what, how many years? Since 1915. Over. How many people think that Mike Tomlin's a good coach? For the record, I'd love to play for him. Definitely a good coach. I think question is Tomlin Hall of Fame coach. Hmm. Interesting take. What's the difference between him and Dungey? What's Dungey done? More than Tomlin. Is Dungy a Hall of Fame coach? Pretty compatible. Tomlin is, but he might get the boot. Okay, well, you you tell me if you think this is good. By the way, I think Tomlin is, please don't get me confused. (laughs) So do you think that since two thousand nine, he's five and eight in the postseason, missed the playoffs six times with the Steelers? That's Hall of Fame. Since two thousand nine, they've missed the playoffs six times, five and eight. I mean, they haven't won. Like right, a significant playoff game in like 14 years. You guys are trying to tell me you think Sirianni's some sort of special coach. I'm showing you how hard it is to win in this league. I'm talking about a guy who I revere, Tomlin. Who everyone looks at Mike Tomlin... You know who's got a better postseason record than Mike Tomlin? Mike McCarthy. But yet you look at Tomlin different. Yeah, what's he done in the last since two thousand nine? What's he done in the last thirteen years? Fourteen years, nothing. Now is that running out of steam with Ben? When you make the Dungy comparison, you got to put Tomlin in there. Okay. Tony Dungy Again, his best coaching job was in Tampa. Not in Indianapolis. With Peyton Manning. Gee, really? He had Peyton Manning in Indy. He must have won five Super Bowls. No. Oh. The job he did in Tampa by turning that shit organization around and turning it into a winner, that's his greatest accomplishment. All those draft choices. Discovering the Tampa 2. The coaching hierarchy tree he started with Mike Tomlin. Guys like that. His best coaching was in Tampa. What's McCarthy done without Rodgers? What's Sean Payton done without Drew Brees? What's Sean Payton done without Drew Brees? Drafted Tyson Hill? Maybe the most overrated contract in the history of quarterback play in NFL history next to the juice guy? I mean, come on. Bill without Tom? Hey, Steve, what did Parcells do without Bill Belichick? I'll wait. We can play this game too. I can go down the line with all of them. Ain't that hard. I mean, it ain't that easy to win in the postseason. And coaches are constantly on the firing block. No matter what your name is, Tomlin, Sirianni, Doug Peterson. Doesn't matter. The coaching profession today is less safe than it's been in the last 20 years. No matter what you do. You could win a Super Bowl and then 2 years later you get a knock on the door from Jeffrey Laurie and Howie Roseman and you're fired. Doesn't matter. Ace. Sales good coaches most of the time have good players, it goes hand in hand. It can't survive apart, in my opinion, it can't. And what's different today is, is that the coaches don't get an opportunity to hand pick their players like they used to. There's only been two head coaches, maybe three head coaches in my lifetime that I've seen and played against or were around that were the greatest talent evaluators and head coaches. They were Jimmy Johnson, Chuck Knoll, and Bill Walsh. Handpicked their talent with guys that they handpicked to pick the talent with, put systems in play. But the difference was with those coaches were what? There was no salary cap. Now with the massive turnover that you have, look at the turnover that the Eagles have had. I think it's harder to be a general manager, and I think you can't do dual roles anymore. I don't think coaches today could be general managers and head coaches, because there's just so much turnover. There's not a chance in hell Chuck Knoll could sit down and talk about a kid from North Texas State and sit there and evaluate that and then prepare for the Oilers or prepare for the Chargers for the weekend. There's just no time for that. So that role of having the dual dude is gone. And that's why front offices and having people like Roseman are so important. Peter King at SI just declared us the deepest team in the league. His opinion is Tom Brady is your opinion. Okay. Jay Buzz, if you think you have the deepest team, you have the shittiest linebacking room in the league. You took two dudes off the street already. How is that deep? You got two defensive tackles that don't start that are going to play a significant role this year. Your safety position is not very good. How are you the deepest team? Well, NFC, you might be. And again, you're nowhere in the 49ers room in depth and in talent. Peter King could say whatever he wants. i give a shit what that guy thinks. <laughs> How are you deep when you have a Mike linebacker that has 34 snaps and is hurt already? You're going to plug him in against the Patriots because he played in the SEC title game two years ago. Congratulations. That's some thinking, I guess. By the way, I do think that Saints team, now that you get – uh, Kareem Hunt, the hold down to fort for a couple weeks until Kamara gets there. So your backfield is going to be – let's take a look at that offense for a second in New Orleans. You're going to have Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara, uh, uh, Olive and Michael Thomas, a really good old line and an outstanding defense. You want to hear something about Cam Jordan? How many think? How many people think Cam Jordan's a good player? He hasn't signed with the Saints. I thought he was. From what I understand, uh, I thought he was. I thought he took. A, I thought he took a physical with them. He is still a free agent. Is meeting the Colts? Okay. I, I thought he was going to New Orleans. I thought I had. I mis, I, I must have misheard that. Report came across eight minutes ago. Okay, I I thought I heard that he was in New Orleans. How many people believe um, Cam Jordan? Everyone did. You're good. Okay, good. All right. He just signed a contract extension, too. Do you know he has more sacks than J.J. Watt? He has more sacks than JJ Watt. They got a good defense. A lot of more back. They're good. That team's going to win some ball games. Cam Jordan's a great player. Always just kind of, always kind of like has been under the radar. Okay. Always been a little under the radar. He's a good football player. Always been. That Saints team's gonna be a good ball team. Let me let me one more time before we get to like both divisions, and I want to give my opinion on AFC NFC as we're getting ready for really the first games of exhibition football. And I'm gonna look at the raw these these are gonna be my rosters. Okay. Forte thinks that Cam Jordan and Brandon Graham are the same guy. Never close. Cam Jordan's a superstar. Brandon Graham's never been. Um, Pete Carroll said something today, and it just shows you great coaching again. Um... He goes like this today, man. Brandon Graham and Cam Jordan aren't in the same atmosphere, and I love Brandon. As people, you want to have that conversation. I'm sure Brandon Graham is one of the great. If when I think of Brandon Graham, can I tell you what I think of? A really good football player that should be up for the Walter Payton Man of the Year honor every year. That's what I think of him. But when we're talking about football players and football talent, justification goes to the right player. Cam Jordan's 10 times the player he was. Okay. Um, Pete Carroll said something today. He goes, you know, more and more I watch Geno Smith, the more and more I see this guy getting better and better and better and better. Okay. Okay just getting better and better and better and better and better continuing to get better and better um i just showed you what great coaching is guy believes in you guys pushing you he's giving you 2000 yard wide receivers he's got faith in you and it's not just lip service He's putting good ball players around him. Went and got the running back from Michigan State, 1,000 yards, helped him out. Has 2,000 yard wideouts, helped him out. Got a coordinator up there who buys into Geno, and they gave him 30 some million a year for a guy who was kicked to the trash can because no one wanted to coach him, thought he was aloof. Couldn't win the locker room over. Got his ass kicked in the Jets locker room. And no one defended him, including his own line. There's hope for Carson Wentz. He should look to that. Seattle would be a great place for him. Go sit up there and get coached hard. That might be the Geno Smith was one team away from being kicked out of the league. He was one team away from the XFL. And Pete Carroll saved his life, his football life. I'm not going to Denver. Why would I go to a coach who I think is overhyped and overrated? And he's more worried about being on Fox and talking shit on other coaches than worrying about his own sandbox. Pete Carroll doesn't talk. He doesn't talk shit on anybody. Shit, man. Russell Wilson. He must have looked at that and went like this when he got to Denver last year. Wow. What a culture shock. He thought he was going to run it his way. thought he knew like Brady knew. See, Russell Wilson thought he was Tom Brady last year. Yeah, well, on the way to trying to win a championship, everyone realized he's a fraud too. He's a movie star now. Russell Wilson's not an NFL quarterback. He's a movie star. He and his wife are movie stars. They're not football players anymore. Okay? He's not a football player, he's a celebrity. You know? He's a celebrity. You go to a place like Seattle, you get saved. That's what I'm saying. Um, let me get let me let me get to this. I think it's going to be interesting. By the way, I'll, I will say this about Pete Carroll. I do think that the Broncos turn it around. I do. I just think there's a little bit of fraudness with um, or being a little bit of a phony with Peyton. Okay, I do. All right, I want to start the AFC before we get to the NFC. Thursday night, we're really going to start our exhibition football season for the NFL teams. A lot of teams have, especially in the NFC, I think it's going to be imperative that you play a lot of your younger players because depth is going to win that conference. See, you could say that you think you have the deepest team. You know full well you don't. Peter King's watching it from 35,000 feet. How many times last year did you watch uh, people talking about the Eagles and they were making these crazy-ass statements about the Eagles? And then, like, the Dallas Cowboys have the best offensive line if you listen to anybody outside of Philadelphia, they would say other teams have better old lines. Your, your old line's aging. And I'm like, that's not what I saw. I watch that team on a daily basis, and that's not what I saw. Peter King doesn't watch that team on a daily basis. I do. And one thing I would not say is that, that old line's old. You may be old on the on the roster with your age next to it, but they don't play old. Okay, your right tackle and your center are just as good as your left guard and your left tackle. <laughs> and better, actually. The older guys are better than the younger guys. Think about that. If shit last year, your 31-year-old right guard, say Amalo, and your 34 or 33-year-old right tackle and your 35-year-old center were better than your left guard and your left tackle. Or in their mid twenties? So here's here's the AFC. I think the Dolphins have a really good roster. I do. Do they do the do the Dolphins have a Super Bowl roster? How about this? Let's 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 do this with the Dolphins. If they if Tua gives the Dolphins sixteen games, sixteen games, how good will the Dolphin? Could the Dolphins get to the AFC title game? If he gives them 16, 17 games, Peter North said no team is too deep. Congratulations, Maniac. I hear you're playing the boardwalk. Don't eat the veal. (laughs) Don't eat the veal. Hey, I hear he's playing Oceans. He's playing the ballroom at Oceans, Maniac. Don't eat the veal. Not in the AFC? Um, Okay. I don't think they're an AFC championship contender either. All right? I do think their roster's good, though. Broncos. AFC West, one of the better divisions in football. I can't wait to see these young guys playing on these teams this this preseason i think depth is going to win and and what, when i get to the nfc and i'm i'm going to give you an opinion on the nfc okay rosters are going to win this thing not the talent you have on your starting depth charts right now so how it looks on august 8th it has no bearing on who wins the nfc no bearing How about this? Does Wilson have a bounce back? Yeah. To what level, though? To what level? Like, do you think that... uh, How about this? Who has a better season for the older quarterbacks? Aaron Rodgers in the AFC? Or Russell Wilson? Both Hollywood movie stars now. Or do both not make the postseason? Wouldn't that be crazy? Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers don't make the postseason. Try that one out. I think that Browns, JH says, no one is saying how he has to draft Fred Warner every year, but if they applied to the same dedication to evaluating linebackers as they do with D line, we would have a stacked defense. Why doesn't he value the linebacker position? Um, because I think he puts more value in the defensive line and the offensive lines. And get this. I'll tell you, J.H., Cowboys just grabbed Mike Hawk for linebacker depth. Hey, um, he, he, you can get away with suspect linebackers if you invest in your it, – it's a, it's a great take, J.H., but here – this is why you were able to develop a guy like TJ Edwards and Kaiser played well because the guys in front were were just really playing great they had a great some of those guys had career years and you can get away with that especially when you guy behind you get this look, look at what you had last year and what you don't have now. you had a defensive tackle that had 11 sacks in front and 60 tackles and 16 quarterback hits or 16 TFLs whatever it was. In front of TJ Edwards with Fletcher Cox behind him, you had a guy that led the NFL in interceptions and another guy with 91 tackles. You can get away with that. But when you're new in front, new behind, new at linebacker, you're not getting away with that. And new upstairs, you're not getting away with that. That just, it's common sense. What happened was, You should have brought Edwards back. He would have helped the defensive tackle play and the safety play. They didn't want to invest, though. Dude, I understand not giving Javon Hardgrave 20 and Gardner Johnson 8. But what I don't get is, so you're going to lose all those other guys around you and your coordinator at the same time, and you're going to put a guy in there who's a schwimp and played 34 snaps last year. Not 34 tackles, 34 snaps. Makes no sense. It it has no common sense to it. And then you could sit here with Peter King. How in the world does Peter King say you're deep when you got guys that have never played a snap? How do you say that? You got one guy who underachieved like. Say goodbye Year in jordan davis you got another guy who's never played a snap in his life in the nfl you got a linebacker mike linebacker who's played 34 snaps you just signed two dudes off the street rest of them are free agents and guys that were fired i don't know what how that's deep all eagle said sills you said yourself carter is much better Hey, hey, Tone, can you put that up there? Because i like to finish that one. I said, there's a shot that that kid could be more than Javon Hardgrave? Correct. But let him play one down first. I'm not wishful thinking here. Sills, you said yourself, Carter is much better talent than Hardgrave. Okay. Uh, he has more potential, I said. Potential is something that you haven't done yet. You guys don't understand what the word potential means. Potential means you haven't done it. No one ever in a million years ever puts the word potential with Mahomes. No one. We know who he is. When you hear the word potential, they're still not sure about you. I like this Browns team. Don't go to sleep on them. Don't go to sleep. Ravens, interesting ball team. A lot of work on defense they did in the offseason. Eric Costa did some nice stuff. I think Lamar Jackson is going to be, and I think, get this, I think Lamar Jackson is going to play like his hair's on fire this year. I think you're going to see this guy and he is going to be full gas pedal down. You think you're going to be in an F1 race. This guy is going to go full pedal down. He's one of my favorite people, one of my favorite role models, one of my favorite guys in the NFL. I admire this kid. See him out playing with the kids, impact in the community. Loves kids that are grew up hard like he did. People doubting him people being racist with him, wanted him to play wide receiver, unanimous MVP. Nothing about that kid I don't love. Now, I didn't love the way last year ended. It was disappointing to say the least. However, there's too many more intangibles that are great about him. You know, I got into a back and forth with him when someone insulted him. You know, Lamar's got gold teeth, right? And where's cornrows? Cornrows are a symbolic thing of the past. For African-Americans, people don't realize it. They just think it's a hairstyle. It's not. It's symbolic. And he he had it. And some guy goes, D, don't you think you'd be a little bit more dressed and represent your team better? And I called the guy a racist. And Lamar goes, thanks, Sills. And I go, bro, I think you're one of the absolute great role models in this country. I'd be proud to have my daughter date you or marry you. He is absolutely everything you want. In a role model. I'm, I'm rooting for him. Totally dig him. Okay. I mean, just he he's he's I, I, I can I tell you probably why? You guys remember the wide receiver Lamar Thomas played with the Dolphins? He's a hurricane. He recruited him. He was a wide receiver coach at Louisville. And University of Miami with that asshole, Al Golden, uh, didn't want to recruit him. And I'm like this to Al, Al, this kid is the real deal. And he goes like this. I go, you missed on Teddy Bridgewater. Get this guy. Nah, I don't see it. He's just an athlete. I'm like, this guy's a good ball player guy. He's like, and he's a South Florida kid. Nope, passed on him. Wins the Heisman and i that's why when i went on the air in miami i used to kick the shit out of al golden can't pass on lamar jackson and he's a south florida kid god it rubs me the wrong way and lamar thomas is one of my boys he's one of my guys always will be love i think he's the wide receiver coach now at kentucky one of my guys Love them. I got the Jets at six. Talk about hype. Oh, hard knocks is tonight. You see the Saints got Hunt. Um, Tone is disputing that. I heard that earlier. You may be right about them winning a bunch of games. Can't take them lightly this year. NFC might be better this year. J.H., um, I thought also that he was taking a physical with the Saints, but Tone has said since that earlier report that he's talking with the Colts. So until we see something in ink, you know, let's hang in there and see where he lands. If he does land in New Orleans, Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara in the backfield with Derek Carr would be pretty damn good. Would be, would be cool to see, all right? Would be cool to see. Jets hard knock starts tonight. I'd be like this, hey, man. Okay. Better win some games, bro. Jets got a lot of pub on them. Shit, Craig Carton's like the biggest like, cheerleader I've ever seen. Wait a minute. Who's the biggest Eagle cheerleader in Philly? Oh yeah, Elliot Spitzer, Polly Shore. I would say he he's he's one he's he's one of the top ones. Who else? Elliot Spitzer, Polly Shore. Couple dudes over at the Enquirer are pretty big cheerleaders. I won't name any names. Let's see. Anybody at the Fanatic? I I don't. uh, There's a couple cheerleaders. Not as bad though as New York. Holy cow, those Jet fans. And hey, and by the way, you ever notice how bad Jet fans still hate the Patriots to this day? Because Belichick turned them down being a head coach. Al Golden is Miami's Jerry Fouts. So damn true. So damn true. Oh my God, I hate that guy. Al Golden. I did an interview with a guy in Miami last week, and he goes, every time Al Golden came and talked to you, he was afraid of you. He was. Because he didn't know what I was going to say. Like, you're recruiting New Jersey? There's great players in New Jersey, but they're going to Penn State or Pitt. They're not going to Miami. Why are you recruiting those places? Recruit South Florida. Stay in your backyard. Save your money. Got better players in South Florida. New Jersey's got great players. Pennsylvania, too. PA's got... I I would say this, PA, high school football, really good, really good. Big 33 game um, was founded in that state. Okay? It's a great, great, great area of high school football. No question about it. Texas, Ohio, Florida, Louisiana, Georgia, Georgia. Jersey. All good places for college football out west. <laughs> yeah. Out west. They just lost the Pac 12. What do you think of football out west? Um, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I got the Chargers <clears throat> with the fifth best roster in the AFC. Don't ask me why. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Chargers. Okay. Seals, you ever play with Mike Oxmail at the U? Sorry, dude. I'm not familiar with that name. <laughs> yeah. He may have been there, but I'm not familiar with that. Okay? Not familiar with that name. There's some guys that played it to you. Hey, don't you remember me? I played it to you. I was with you. And I went, "Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, that doesn't. No, I, you know, yeah. Okay, I'm glad. Hey, way to go. We're brothers, kind of. (laughs) Hey, sometimes it's like being, when a guy comes up to me and goes, hey, Sills, we're paisans. And I go, oh, so you're kind of like from like, you know, Rome and places to the south like Sicily and all that. He goes, no, I'm, I'm Calabrese. I said, oh, so we're almost paisans. <laughs> I wonder if we will sign Hayward. Yeah, okay. San Francisco just picked up. <laughs> Philly D. Fly, birds, fly. Funny. Four, <laughs> the guy you fired. Those are funny. Those are funny posts. Hey, four, the guy you fired and your best head football coach in the history of your football team. His Jaguars are four. How are you doing? I think the Jags are going to make a move this year. The Bengals. Joey B. Number three. Bills. Josh Allen. Eagle fans go, you know, that guy's a turnover machine. He's just not good. He's had really bonehead plays. He's 13 and three. He threw for 35 touchdowns. <laughs> he had a bad year, according to Eagle fans. What happens when he plays well or better? He's Mahomes. That's his upside. He's Mahomes. Jalen will never play like Mahomes. Allen can, according to you. Imagine if he doesn't turn the ball over. you telling me he's going to go 17 and 0? Look at his Danko's, threw for 35 touchdowns and can't run. Damn, can't run. Turns the ball over, and the team still went thirteen and three. And he threw for thirty-five TDs and forty-three hundred yards. Man, maybe one day he'll get it right. (laughs) And he and he beat both Burrow and Mahomes last year. Have you ever beaten Mahomes? That would be (laughs) no. Sue, here we go again. What would you? Oh, okay. Sue doesn't like the facts, so we have to put those in our Howard Eskin bag and keep it over there with the Angelo desk because you guys don't like that shit. We're the greatest team in the history of the football team. Nobody's ever better. Nobody better than every. Should pass out binkies sometimes to people. Chiefs got. You know what's crazy? I don't think the Chiefs have the best roster in the AFC. As a matter of fact, they got the worst wide receiving core maybe in the AFC. Would that be fair? Who are their wideouts this year? Who'd they bring in? Do they have anybody? Smith Schuster was a dude. Do they have any wideouts? Dude, like, like, you know what? Maybe I would say this to you. Do the Bengals have a better roster? Yes do the bills yes shit the jets might kansas city doesn't have a great roster who who are their who are their wideouts who, who's the name of their wideouts shit like i said yesterday chicago has better wide receivers than kansas city does sky Moore. wow dude sky Moore is quez watkins That's Quez Watkins. Wow. Tony? Look at. <laughs> Isn't it funny that the majority of the wide receivers that Andy had in hey, hey Tone, is this a coincidence? Don't put TO in the conversation. Okay? Don't put To in the conversation. But all the years that Andy was in Philadelphia, who's the best wide receiver he had? You think Djax is comparable to Tyreek Kill? Probably. And then after that, who? Who did he have? Kind of guys. FedEx, Freddie Mitchell. Who else? Jeremy Macklin. Those guys are okay. Jeremy Macklin, Juju Smith-Schuster. Hunter Renfro, Jeremy Macklin. Reggie Brown. Kind of dudes. Not great. J.M. goes never had Kelsey, but he had great tight ends. He had really good pass-catching tight ends in uh, Philadelphia. I don't think there's any coincidence to that because it kind of looks the same. All right, I'm going to do the NFC here in a second. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Eagles' place in the NFC when it comes to rosters. Exhibition football starts Thursday, and your place is Hooters, KOP, King of Prussia, the official home of the National Football League for the 2023 football season. And as we mentioned with Exhibition Football, this is the official home of Eagle fans. Have yourself a cold one. Have yourself a great one. Get your draft parties ready for the upcoming NFL season. Reserve seats now while you can. Daily specials, Tuesdays by 10 Wings. You get 10 boneless wings for free if you do this. This is stuff that's been going on for over 40 years. And this is the 40th anniversary of Hooters, too, by the way. Wing Wednesdays. All-you-can-eat Wing Wednesdays, 1983. Kids eat for free on Saturdays. I say this to you all the time also. One of the best things you can do, try their fried pickles. Okay? Try that fried pickle, man. Absolutely insane. Miller Lite, Tall Drafts, Coors Light. Get the sandwiches, man. Some of the best. Also, steamers they have there as well. 240 North Gulf Road, King of Prussia. When you go to the Hooters in King of Prussia, do me a favor. Tell them Big sil sent you. From Dave Portnoy. So he bought Barstool back? (laughs) Wow. Okay. He, He sold it for $388 million and he just bought it back from him. Man, interesting. Interesting. There must be a deal going on somewhere. I wouldn't be shocked if Shannon Sharp ends up being part of something with that thing. Anyway. Um, we're going to do the NFC at the top. By the way, my friend, Tony Saracusa from Last Word on College Sports will be with us at 530. I've never seen college football in worse shape. You know, at least when I played and we had the voters voting for who was going to be the national championship, all the bowl games had great tie-ins. College football had great rivalries. They had great community um, awareness of what was going on with each school. The conferences were strong. Everyone enjoyed college football. Now, you know who runs college football? The networks. The networks run it. So we're going to talk with him. I've never seen it in more chaos. Hey, real quick before we get to a little bit as we're getting ready for Thursday night footballing and preseason football here. Um. So this Netflix thing with Johnny Manziel – Um, I could care less. Why is he still a story? And I don't give a shit what his life leads to no bearing on me. I don't feel sorry for him. I don't feel anything for, I voted for him for the Heisman too, by the way. I, I, I don't care. Like, why is that interesting to people? Help me out on that. This guy imploded his life. He imploded his career. That's an interesting, I guess Americans like train wrecks and uh, car chases and police chases. I guess that's why, again, we watch police chases. I'm convinced we would watch public executions. I'm I'm convinced of that. You don't watch auto racing because guys go around the track for four hours. You're waiting for the big wreck. It's It's a great example of what our country is now watching. Trump and Manziel. You can't get any more weirder than that. I mean, why don't you go cover War Dunn, who builds a house every year for single moms in honor of his mother, who was a police officer in Louisiana, who was shot and killed, serving communities. That's not a very interesting story. That's boring. We got to cover A.B. and Trainwreck and Manziel. I don't give a shit about Johnny Manziel. I don't give... I don't... Which, by the way, when I say that, I want you to know this. I'm Switzerland. That's like telling me that I have to give a shit about everything that happens on the news. I don't know these people from a can of pain. But they, what they do is they try to bleed at your emotions and your empathy. We all have enough problems with our own lives. Shit, man. I feel bad every day as it is with my own life. Why would I want to watch the news or watch some stupid series of Johnny Manziel and how he destroyed his life? Welcome to the back of the bus, kid. Okay? Welcome to the back of the bus. Think about our relationship with chaos in human history, people used to gather at town squares for public lynchings and executions. We simply have evolved the oh, evolved the executions into true crime and documentaries, and like and Americans watch that shit. Like OJ, is the greatest miniseries slash reality television show of all time. Really, a dude who got away with cutting someone's head off, and a kid who was just happened to be there. Is like the biggest story in my lifetime. And not people like Work Dunn or Derek Brooks. Those kind of guys who, who do great things. There's so many great people in the world. Cooper Gooding played the shit out of OJ. Gotta admit it. Oh, he did. Cooper Gooding, man. Show me the money. I love dude, I love him. I, at least Steinberg introduced me to him. Tone, I absolutely love Cuba Gooding Jr. He was so great in Jerry Maguire. He was so great in that movie. That's a true story. Hey, hey, guys, the older guys, I don't think Tone would remember this. Dan has terrible takes. He's always wrong. Yeah, About what? What have I been wrong about? <laughs> what have I been wrong about? the same thing your gm was wrong about hurts your gm was wrong your gm was actually wrong twice once with wentz once with hurts okay hey who was that who was that defensive back that played in arizona and it's not Aeneas Williams that the movie was kind of based after. And he was the guy that wanted and said and coined the phrase, show me the money. Somebody. What was his name? And he, uh, Lee Steinberg, Lee Steinberg repped him. Oh, what was that guy's name? Not Pat Tillman. No. It wasn't Chuck Cecil. What was that guy? I think it was 46. Why do I see number 46? He was a DB. That played back in that time. Damn. Now it wasn't Boston. He was a DB. Played defensive back for the Cardinals. And. And. Oh man. Like 46 or 47. Damn it. I cannot think of that. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna look it up during the um I'll look it up. I'll look it up when uh but I got a chance to meet those guys and Lee Steinberg um had him hang out with him and he kept saying, show me the money. And that's how that movie was was put together. It's a true story. And it was all based in Arizona, man. I'm a diehard Eagle fan and I'm realistic. Tim McDonald. Thank you, 85. Tim McDonald. Tim McDonald. That's who that story's is based. He's the one that coined the phrase, show me the money. Tim McDonald. Dead on. Tim McDonald. He's a good football player too. I'm a diehard Eagle fan and I'm realistic. I also remember when the fan base was the same but from what I'm hearing every day on here are a bunch of Star Wars fanboys. What happened? I just they're diehard. Christian, they're just diehard. Will you eat crow if Dean balls out? You say he won't replace Edwards. He's not going to. Hey, what, hey, cool? Sure. Cool. Wait a minute, cool? Cool. I'm not rooting against him. You think I'm Angelo? You think I'm Howard Esken? I'm not rooting against him. I want to be wrong. I'm not rooting against him. Dude, I get more satisfaction on player success than failures. You got me pinned wrong, dude. I do not wish for any negativity unless you're an asshole. I do not do that. If you think that, oh, I know why. Because that's pretty much the kind of standard stuff you get when you listen to most. Okay, understand. I've never done that. I've never been that guy in the air in my 30 years. Okay, okay. (laughs) <laughs> We're rooting for shrimp. Okay. 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 Hey, and by the way. Okay. Hey, look. By the way, I'm the one that picked you to go to Super Bowl last year. Okay, I'm not saying you're rooting against saying you don't believe he will be good. I don't believe that he's going to be big enough. Nor do I think he's going to have the experience. It's a as a matter of fact, cool. I'm not sure I really ever said I don't think he's good enough. I may, I may have, but the only reason I don't think he's good enough is because you're dropping him into the meat grinder now. You know? He's hurt. So get this. How, how many days? Hey, Tone, how many days have the Eagles practiced, actually? He's missed four of them. How can he be doing a good job? If he missed four days of practice in 10, how could he be doing a good job? So when the Eagles come out telling you, how many practices have they had? Today makes eight of actual on the field. He's missed four already. He's missed half the practices. How could he be doing a good? Here, here's what the Eagles would have you believe. They signed two dudes off the street at linebacker. He's missed half the practices, and they're telling you he's doing a good job. How is that feasibly possible just in participation alone? He'll get out there eventually. Oh, oh. So they're just going to wind him up and throw him out there, huh, Yale? He's going to be ready for New England. Let me take a time out. Hey, if I told you your Temple Owl football program may be going away in three years, what would you think about that? Dude, I hate this. Your Temple football program that most of you don't give a shit about, I do kind of, because I love college football, no matter if it's Lehigh, Temple, San Jose State, New Mexico State, it gives kids opportunities to get scholarships and go and be somebody and have a great college experience and go to school where some kids can't. This is what's happening here. You're taking those opportunities away from kids that need those opportunities, not to go play football, to get education, to to become important people in society. College football is in the worst shape of all time because it used to be the land of opportunity. Now they're taking that opportunity away. Right, Joe Klecko. Joe Klecko's a great example of that, standing on the Hall of Fame stage. Somebody saw him at a semi-pro league. They offered him a scholarship. He's in Canton. You take all that away with these television networks. ESPN and Fox and all these places have destroyed college football. You have 70 games a weekend. There's six that are good. Tony Siracusa, last word on college sports, 530 Eastern. Um, Pete Carroll even made a comment about it. What a shame. Your Temple program could be taken away. Okay? And most of you it, – it's still – get this. Do you know Temple's the oldest football school – no, do you know Temple is the oldest football program in the Philadelphia area? Them in Le- Lehigh and all them places. Temple was one of the first powerhouses on the East Coast. There's tradition there. Okay. Power hour. Hit the like button. Keep it here on National Football Show.
1: all right. Did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes. Really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right. Here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> go, them Go, cafe, come on. Mama, go. Mama. She did it.
2: Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E-A-G-L-E-X,
4: Eagles.
2: Big sales, national football. Joe, appreciate you coming aboard. Our friend, Tony Saracusa from Last Word on College Sports, 530 Eastern. I was asked a question by the Hall of Fame. We're going to get to the NFC. We talked about rosters in the AFC last hour. We're going to do the NFC here in a second. But I was asked by the Pro Football Hall of Fame to give me or give them five names for who I think are the five names who should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I do say this I respect you guys. I know you want Eric Allen in. Um I know. I'll, JM, I'm going to get to that Eric Biennemi comment by some of the players in Washington here in a second. I know, Alan, I know many of you want him in. But here, I think Andre Johnson, seven-time Pro Bowler, Texans, Mark Gastineau, six-time Pro Bowler, two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Lester Hayes, six-time Pro Bowler, Defensive Player of the Year, cornerback, Raiders. LC Greenwood, seven-time Pro Bowler, edge rusher, Steelers on the Steel Curtain. Randy Gratishaw, linebacker, Broncos, six-time Pro Bowler. My opinion, these are my five best players not in the Hall of Fame, are those guys. All of them, six Pro Bowls or more. Two of them are NFL Defensive Player of the Year guys. Okay? And I do not believe Rondé Barber is better than Lester Hayes. I do not believe that. Okay, so Eric Bieniemy now is getting heat because of his bedside manner. I told you guys this last year, this is why he's not a head coach. He's not a people person, never has been. He's not a guy that motivates. He's a guy that alienates. And this is why when he goes and does his interviews, no one comes away thinking that's my coach. Don't you think there's a coincidence that 13 times he's gone for interviews? And all of them have ended in t- tremendous failure. Why? He, he's not a people guy. Now, some would go like this. Now, does that matter? Because could that just be a perception? Would anybody, would anybody confuse Bill Belichick on being a people guy? Or would anybody give, here, I'm going to make this point to you. This is going to be so off the wall tone This is probably what gets me in trouble. Let me let me hang hang in here. You couldn't say this on the radio. I'm going to say it. If Bill Belichick were black, he would never have gotten an interview ever. He wouldn't have. No one ever accused him of being a people guy. He alienated everybody he ever was around. You had Art Modell calling Bob Kraft, telling him, don't hire him. This guy's the biggest asshole, and people hate him. But Kraft hired him. Just saying. I don't know if that should just be the end all. Well, you know, players in the locker room have a tough... And and for the record, players have a tough time in Washington with discipline, Well, since when has anyone ever confused Washington with having discipline? Okay? Does Biennemi have Belichick's mind? Did you think that Bill Belichick... Well, Bill Belichick was on the um, Bill Parcells coaching staffs and Eric Bannemey's been on the Andy Reid coaching staffs. So you thought Bill Belichick was a genius in New York? Or was it LT? Where did you think Bill Belichick was a genius? Because he coached the Giants? Remember something. Parcells didn't hire him. Ray Perkins hired him. Ray Perkins hired Parcells. Wasn't like those guys, you know, collided with one another. Those guys were brought together by someone else. Okay? He's won how many Super Bowls? <laughs> Whatever. He drafted Brady and developed him. Always remember that. And by the way, there's no coincidence that Bill Belichick has coached two greatest players in football history on each side of the ball. Lawrence Taylor and Tom Brady. That's luck too, right? It's like, why does all the luck fall on Belichick's plate? LT made Belichick? Just, isn't that the greatest luck in the world? Belichick made, or LT made Belichick, and Brady made Belichick, too. Boy, you couldn't have better luck. Two of the greatest football players in the history of God land in his lap for 20 years. Man! Can you believe it? He coaches LT for what, 12 years? Then he turns around and coaches Brady for 20. Man, unbelievable how you find that. Unbelievable how there's five starting quarterbacks or four starting quarterbacks in the NFL that Belichick drafted. Gee, has to be luck too. That has to be luck. Has to be luck. Luck. Let's see, Brissette will be the starter in Washington. Garoppolo's the starter in Las Vegas. Mac Jones is starting in New England. Oh, that's right, Brady retired. There's three. (laughs) I don't know. Dang. That stuff's just luck. Dan, don't act that, don't act like Eric B'ennemi's not a criminal. Okay, so we had tough, he has a tough resume in his earlier years. If Andy Reid vouches for him and other people vouch for him like Patrick Mahomes, who am I to say? Okay. Who am I to say that he's not turned his life around? Doesn't he deserve another opportunity? Let me ask you this. So Eric Bianami being around re- here, here, here's one for you here. So Eric Bieniemy has turned his life around, had some tough issues, and if you read about his his arrest record, it's not good. John Gruden has been brought back into the Saints and to the NFL as a consultant with racist emails. Who do you think will be a Who do you think will be back as a Who, who do you think will be a head coach next? John Gruden or Eric Bieniemy? If you had to bet on one of those guys, who do you think will be a head coach, Eric Bieniemy or John Gruden? People like pretending that they believe in second chances until it's no longer convenient for them. Everyone deserves a second chance. Everyone does. You see, people lie to you and tell you that they believe in rehabilitation, but they don't. They believe in convenient rehabilitation when it serves a a narrative, but they don't believe it across the board. Prisons are the biggest sham in our country because you don't believe in rehabilitation. Okay? Either you believe in execution or rehabilitation. You can't have both. It, it contradicts itself. 80% of our judges in this country are white. And 85% of the people in prison are black. I don't know. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's the craziest number I've ever seen in our society. But hey, you know, that's for a different platform. Let me get to the NFC before our friend jumps on with us. I want to do this quick. Okay. Ten best rosters. Going into the first week of exhibition football. Um boy, I like that commander's roster. O line got better, running backs good. Wide receivers are good. Quarterback, obviously, is an issue. You know know what Washington reminds me of? It's a lesser version of San Francisco, isn't it? Good front seven. Linebackers are decent. Back end's good. Coaching staff, well, the enemy we just talked about, is good. That's That's a sleeper team. They get any kind of play, in my opinion, out of the quarterback position, I think I think I think Washington could be the 10th best roster going into the first week of exhibition football. They were eight and eight and one last year. I had to actually, you know, I had to actually look that up. Okay. I had to actually look that up. They were eight and one. Hey Dan, the NFL will have more black quarterbacks by the 2030s. Yeah, why do you think that is? because they're finally letting black quarterbacks play to their skill set that they teach them in college. And now the NFL old head coaches are gone and they want the dual threat guy in the league. So guys like Charlie Ward and guys like Tommy Frazier and guys like that and uh, Vince Young, who truly didn't get a chance to be superstars in the NFL because they had to play under a certain system. Now they're creating systems for them yeah you're going to have better you're going to have more you're going to have you're going to have more opportunity cuz there's more diversity at the position now see there's it's not that there's more black players you have more diversity at the position cuz african americans who back in the 60s and 70s didn't want to play quarterback cuz they knew they were limited they weren't going to go on and play in the nfl but now you have more diversity at the position you're going to have more african americans with an opportunity to be NFL quarterbacks. There's more diversity at the position than there's ever been. Phenomenal. That means we're getting better players. I look at the quarterbacks we have in the NFL today. The league is littered with great players. They're littered with superstar talent. It's the best I've seen the position in a long time. Okay? If you were a quarterback in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and early 90s, That position didn't have diversity to it. It didn't have diversity in the coordinators. It didn't have diversity. It had it in college. Okay, but they didn't have it in the NFL. Now you have a shot at it. Okay? So, you have more chances. Warren Moon couldn't play in the NFL because you know why? They didn't want Warren Moon to be a face of a football team. Warren Moon would be the first player taken in the NFL draft now. That's the difference when Warren played versus today. He'd be the first player taken, not a free agent. So that's the difference. And great. Who in the hell want, you know, I was watching, Hey guys, I was watching like swimming the other day with my family and my wife or my daughter, you know, she goes like this to me. She goes, dad, when you make a swim and I go, it's a country club sport. Tone, you'll like this. She goes, what do you mean it's a country club sport? I go, yeah, not a lot of diversity in that thing, is there? I don't want to be in any sport where you don't have paisans and brothers in it. <laughs> I have no interest in it. Those are beer leagues and country clubs. I don't want any part of that. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want to be involved in anything like that. Swimming? tennis polo all that shit like the winter games and summer games those are all country club sports the country club italians are not white we're italian thank you yeah. okay number 9 I got the Packers roster here. I think the Packers have a good roster and a shitty quarterback. I do. Okay? They're not going anywhere. I got the Giants at eight. J.M. goes only a buffoon would say swimming is a country club sport. You know what's even more wild about that? 50% of the world swims. And 50% of the world can't swim. Yeah, because I'm sure that's why you see a lot of diversity, J.M., In those Olympic games, out of diversity, yeah, I'm sure. I, hey, I'm sure minority kids and kids in um, in in, in the city are are starving to come out of the YMCA and get a get a chance to go swim at Stanford or Harvard. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All those kids are rich kids, dude. Like the soccer kids. Like the entitled U.S. women's soccer team. Couldn't have seen a more unlikely team and more team more hated in my life than even my team, that U.S. women's soccer team. When you're an elitist, you act like that. I like that Lions team. How far do you think the Lions go? How far do the hey, just just for just for anything, tell me this, what kind of record would you think that the Lions put up this year? You think that team could win twelve games? Can, do, do, do you do you think they can win twelve ball games, ten and seven? You think they could – I think they could win twelve. I do. I think they could win 12 games. Division champs? Okay. 11-6, 12-5. Dom says 11-6, 12-5. Dom, I think I'm in there with you. I do. Vikings, 6. Saints, 5. Seahawks, 4. Cowboys, 3. 49ers, 2. Eagles, 1. Yeah, man. got to tell you something. Before I bring my friend Tony Saracusa on from last word in college sports, college football, you know, I said this about where we are now in college football. You know what sucks about where we are? Television networks now dominate it. And programs like Lehigh, Temple, San Jose State, New Mexico State, three years from now those programs will be shut down because what's the point? You'll be hoop schools. It's cheaper, 13 guys versus 85 guys. And that's what this thing's evolving into. You see, when I played college football, you gave opportunities to a guy like Joe Klecko to go to Temple and then get to Canton. Those opportunities are gone now. And they'll be gone within the next three years because of these super conferences. You know, my friend, my Tony's been around and covering college football and college sports for a long time. I'll say it one more time to you. Like I was talking to um, Tim Brando today. I told Brando, I go, hey, at least when I played, okay, the bowl games mattered. There were great tie-ins. You had Texas, Texas A&M. You had the bonfire. You had all this stuff and rivalries. Now you have created television shows that are destroying college football. They've destroyed it. The fabric of it. You've condensed it even more. The greatest thing about the college football or college basketball tournament, Shadma, or uh, let me here, let me go here. Cleveland State can actually make it to the Final Four. Okay. If you're New Mexico State, you have no shot at making it to the semifinals in college football. It's elitist. And I can't wait to hear my friend on what he thinks. The Pac-12 has been around since like 1915. It's gone. Right in front of us. What happens to the Rose Bowl now? Let's bring Tony Saracusa in with us here. Tony, I I hate where college football is. Hey, you know, Dan, when I
5: was was backstage waiting to come in, another name I would throw out there when you were talking about guys who now wouldn't have a chance to put Howie Long out there, right? I mean Villanova. Exactly. Another small school guy who got a chance because schools of that size were still being given a chance back then. Tell
2: me um, the impact of the Pac-12 going away. Um, What is it? What's the ripple effect to the rest of college sports and college football?
5: Well, that in addition to taking away some of my childhood... <laughs> I, right. I, look, it was the Pack Eight when I grew up. I think you and I have talked about it. My very first college football game with my grandfather—I was not quite seven. 1972, number one, Nebraska at UCLA with Mark Harmon as the quarterback for for UCLA. UCLA upsets him. I was hooked—not just on the game, but on the entire atmosphere of college football. You know, the huge crowd and the bands and all the stuff that goes with it. Look, I think there are a couple of things that we need to keep in mind because, yes, it has changed. And I agree with what I just heard you say. The television networks, this is all about what they're doing, right? This is all about their money. I think it's important that people remember 1984 Supreme Court decision, NCA versus Oklahoma Board of Trustees, right? Right. The court ruled that the NCAA could not manage the TV contracts for college football, that it was an antitrust uh, issue. At that point, it became up to the conferences and the schools to do it. Now, since then, we have seen, and people forget, we have seen 40 years of shuffling, right? The ACC currently exists as it does because it raided the Big East. It took Syracuse and Boston College and Miami and, you know, uh, and so on and so forth. The Big Eight uh, took the Arizona, I mean, the, uh, the Big Eight took from the Southwest Conference, right? Arkansas wound up going to the SEC. Uh, the Pac-8 was really created from the old Pacific Coast Conference. Correct. And then it went and raided the WAC for the Arizona schools and it took Colorado and it took Utah Colorado's going back home right now. What this really amounts to is that there are four West Coast schools that are going to play in a predominantly Midwest conference. Because when you look at the four corner schools, Colorado, Utah, and the two Arizona schools, in essence, they're kind of going back home. To what they originally came from, because the old West Athletic, Western Athletic Conference was in that general region anyway. Right. they are really kind of going back to where they came from. Um, But it's uh, you know, but you look at it and the issue is that it's no longer regional because of those four Pac-12 schools going to play in the Midwest. It's not the regional alignments. And because, as you absolutely correctly pointed out, because it's made by the TV networks.
2: Tony, you you brought back something that I had completely forgotten about, and you're so right. I'll never forget Sam Jankovic in 1984 and 5. We were trying to schedule, and because Miami was becoming so prominent on television, and that the NCAA prior to that, I remember Jimmy and Sam coming in going, it's changed. The mm-hmm. next year in 86, 87, I, play, I still to this day have played uh, in front of the biggest college football audience of all time, the 1987 Fiesta Bowl, where 100 million people watched us that night.
5: Right. It was the
2: highest rated. It's 25.9 rating. That in the 80 um, Rose Bowl or the highest rated games of all time. And it was because of that change. And it's so you think that whole thing is where we are now was because the freedom of the network's they just said, hey, we're going to put the best television products on right now. And so maybe in the end, Tony, I guess where I'm going, maybe this is the survival of the fittest.
5: It is. And I think to some point, I think to some degree, it's it's inevitable because we've seen this 40 years of shifting. What I think really makes it seem bigger now is that the Pac-12 was taken down over the course of about 72 hours. Yeah, that it, it really the, the pace of it. Look, a couple weeks ago, you and I you and I talked about how at the Pac-12 media day after George Kleofkoff did his horrible state of the conference address that that Rick George, the athletic director from Colorado, walked out. He left the Pac-12 media days, went to the airport, got on his private jet, went back to Colorado. And at that point, I was telling people Colorado's gone. They're leaving. And 72 hours later, they did. Um, Arizona was going to leave. You know, once that happened, this was going to start the floodgates. Um, it's it's and and look, part of it is on Klioffkov. A large part of it, he had two years, and the best TV deal he could get was a streaming deal from Apple. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Look, you were highly recruited. All right. When you went, when you were in high school, let me ask this. Imagine a coach coming into you sitting in your living room with you and your family and saying, look, they you end- can stop. <laughs> None of your games are going to be on ESPN. Fox big noon Sunday ain't coming, but Hey, if your parents pay a hundred dollar premium on an Apple plus subscription, we get a cut of that and they can see you. So all good. Are you going to that school? I'm 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 not even gonna
2: continue the interview. I'm gonna be like, um, I want exposure, I want opportunity now with Nil. I want for people to see me play, and I'm gonna play in the Southeastern Conference. The big here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna play in the Big Ten, the Southeastern Conference. I might now, because of what the Big 12 is starting to look like a little Mm -hmm. bit Mm -hmm. outside of that. Um no, I, I have really no interest in Notre Dame because I don't know what their future is. So, I mean,
5: I that's where I would play. Yeah, look, I totally agree. and I think you brought up a point which is huge in this. We're in a day of the NIL and personal branding. How are you going to get, if you're a coach, how are you going to get these kids to go play on Apple? And the Apple TV deal mandated that there could be no linear TV partner at the tier one level. So they were they had that exclusivity because Fox offered like three and a half million per school for a handful of tier two games. There was no bid from NBC, nothing from Amazon. ESPN was going to lay out about nine million, but they wanted some of the tier one schools, uh, tier one games and and Apple shut that out now. And again, and let's go to the next step with that Apple deal projected to be 23 million at the base projected because it was all subscription-based, all of it. And there were different subscription levels. If you got up to 5 million in subscriptions, which is an impossibility, really is, um, you you could get up to 30 million. If you're an athletic director, how are you supposed to manage hundreds of scholarships and a revenue budget when your revenue from your main source TV, the media rights deal, is TBD every year. How are you supposed to do that as an athlete? This was a horrible deal, and I don't blame the schools for bolting. I really don't. But it's on the presidents. It's on the, you know, because they're the ones who hired Klyovkov. They're the ones who gave him this authority without ever checking in on them. The commissioner works for the presidents and the chancellors, not the other way around, but the PAC-12 treated it that way.
2: And they did under
5: Larry as well. Um, Absolutely.
2: So let me, let, me, let me go here then. Okay, how does this affect then the bowl season too? Because with all the tie-ins to the Pac-12 that they had in, especially, you know, the Rose Bowl, it's funny, man. They've had a pretty, a pretty tough um, uh, offseason here because, you know, where do they fit in when it comes to expansion? They had to deal with that. Now you have to deal with this. The Pac-12, Big Ten relationship is completely toast. I'm not gonna take a seven and five team and have them go against USC from the Big Ten. I mean, right. that just doesn't sound right. What happens to what happens to a bowl game, which is the granddaddy of them all now? Tell me where the where this leads to.
5: Well, the Rose Bowl last year was the last year of the traditional Rose Bowl setup, it's part of the expanded playoff system now. The the and the Rose Bowl got what they wanted out of it, frankly. The rest of the playoff committee hates the fact that the Rose Bowl still gets that exclusive window. No games with it, same time, New Year's Day, uh, you know, 2.30 p.m. Western time for a three-hour window with nothing else. The Rose Bowl got what they want. So it's part of the playoff system now. I think it actually comes in at the semifinal level at this point. So that was always going to be the case regardless of this Pac-12 meltdown. The issue that's still to be worked out is what happens to the rest of the bowl tie-ins, the Las Vegas Bowl, the holiday the bowl. Sun bowl, the Holiday Bowl, what happens to all of those. And I think we don't know yet because we're going to complete this season as a normal season. <laughs> I got to tell you one of the most awkward things. I'm sorry if you hear my cat screaming. He- <laughs> it's all he- good. He's determined he wants to be on TV. The <laughs> um, the, the most awkward thing we're going to see all year is the Pac-12 championship game with George Klioffkov handing a trophy to a team that's probably leaving or, you know, whatever the case. I kind of am rooting for an Oregon State, Washington State, Pac-12 <laughs> championship game just to make it really weird. Um but we don't know what's going to happen to that because we don't know what's going to happen to those other four teams. Look, there's a chance they're going to merge with the mountain West. The, the, the real San
2: Diego state didn't. Yes.
5: Yes. Because we're waiting to see how it falls out. Right. Well, exactly. Look, they, there was no TV deal for them to sign on to. So they had to go with the, with the safety, with the, with the safety blanket, you know? Um, But the irony with the Mountain West merger, a potential merger, is the Mountain West commissioner is Gloria Navarez, who is an outstanding commissioner. She was a finalist for the Pac-12 job, and they gave it to Klyovkov instead. And now she's sitting there going, yeah, y'all need my help now, don't you? Um, You know, there's the rumor about the ACC calling Stanford and Cal. And I learned about 20 minutes before I came on the air with you, SMU is on that list also for the ACC. The ACC is trying to protect itself because it doesn't know what's going to happen with Florida State and Clemson eager to bolt because they're dramatically underpaid. Florida State is doing it in kind of ugly fashion because they're so public about it. But when the new Big Ten contract kicks in this year, Rutgers, is going to make twice as much in TV revenue as Florida State and Clemson. I don't blame Florida State for being upset. And they're locked into that grant of rights with the ACC until 2036. Mark my words, they are going to litigate their way out of this. They are going to do something that causes litigation between the conference and the school in order to get out of it.
2: Okay, this goes to Notre Dame now. Uh Where's where's ND in this? Are they also waiting to see How the leaves fall off the tree here? Or is Notre Dame still this? You know, because look, here's something that I learned from a Notre Dame guy. And Ed DeBartolo told me this three days ago. He goes, here's why Notre Dame doesn't join a conference. It's easier to sell to advertisers and to alumni. I'd rather be 23rd or Mm -hmm. 24th in the country Mm -hmm. than 4th in the SEC East Mm -hmm. or 4th in the Big East. It's We're a national brand. We're not a local brand, and Notre Dame believes that they become localized if you join a conference and you're finishing third or fifth inside of a conference. Does that make sense?
5: Yeah, I agree with it 100%, and I would add this to that. If you localize, you're also sharing your TV revenue. They're not having to share their NBC money with anybody right now. It's all theirs. I don't see – the only way I see Notre Dame – being compelled to join a conference is if they get the first time they get shut out of the expanded playoffs, you know, if they're seven and five and a seven and five sec team makes it instead, then I see Notre Dame being pushed until then, if I'm Notre Dame, I got, I I got no reason to go the, with the big 10, the new contracts have escalator clauses so that if they add teams, the money from the TV networks goes up incrementally. That's why Oregon and Washington are only taking a partial share right now for the next five years, which is still more than what they would have gotten from the new Pac-12 deal. The only thing that escalates it to an astronomical level is if Notre Dame joins. Then the networks completely load in more money so that they get a full share. But remember who the new Notre Dame president is going to be, the president of NBC Sports. So there's there, there's a lot of incestuousness going on with the TV networks and the schools.
2: Who was the big winner in all this? I mean, who, who do you see right now? Maybe we still have to wait and see what the finish line looks like. But who do you think right now is really winning this thing here? It just seems to me, Tony, that if you would have told me a month ago when we talked that the Big 12 I thought was on a respirator, and I think mm-hmm. I even said that to you, mm-hmm. now – we're looking at like a ceremony and a wake for the Pac-12 here. I'm mm. like, I am i don't know. It just looks to me like, of course, the Big Ten SEC, you can go there. But, boy, the Big 12 came out of this thing, and they're a bigger conference. And now you know what? I I, I think they got a bigger place now at the table when you're talking about the Final Four.
5: 100% agree. Brett Yormark did a great job because unlike Klyovkov, When your mark was up against it, when teams were late, when the two teams left and there was all the panic, he went to his TV partners and said, look, instead of negotiating a new contract, let's extend this one for another few years to buy us time to work out how the dust is going to settle. He convinced his schools, look, I know you want more money, but trust me on this. We're better with the safety right now of being tied in than not as opposed to Kleofkov who just pushed it all the way to the 11th hour. Uh, so your mark did a great job. He saved, he saved the conference. He really did. And you can say all you want about uh, UCF and since look, the teams are there. Utah is going to do great in there. That is a great get for the conference. It renews the Holy war with Utah and BYU and make sure that gets played every year. That is some great football. Um, And um, so it's, you know, I I think the Big 12 comes out looking good. I think USC and UCLA are winners in this. The travel issue aside, because Washington and Oregon joined, it now guarantees that there are at least three West Coast games every year for these schools. So it it reduces some of the travel they were going to have to have. Um, UCLA will get out from its $110 million athletic department debt. USC will get a bigger stage playing it. Penn State on a Saturday night in a whiteout or the horseshoe instead of having to play late night in Corvallis or Tucson on the PAC 12 network with nobody watching. I think those two schools wind up better off for this.
2: Last question for you. So do you think the television networks look at this and say less is more that we're going to see instead of, I don't know, you can help me out, Tony, on this. Like a couple of years ago, I thought there was like 137 division one college football programs are we looking at potentially that number being cut in half? Because I can't think of a program like New Mexico State and some of these other ones. I don't know how you survive on a Sunday or on a Saturday or what have you. What's the point? Instead of going having a football program and a basketball program, don't you condense your resources to go one, college basketball or college football? Because some of these places are going to have to take the model of what you see at Gonzaga and mm-hmm. pick pick one or the other.
5: I think one of two things, it's one of two options, because the money for this is not sustainable long-term. You just can't. ESPN is cutting personnel, but throwing these huge sums of money at at the college football. Chip Kelly told a reporter today, and I will tell you that awake Wake Forest, Dave Claussen, has told me this several times, advocating for college football pulling away from the rest of sports, college sports, and running itself. If you do that, I think that accelerates the... Going to 65 or 70 teams total, and if you do that, I got to be honest. What I eventually see is two major conferences who wind up dividing up their conferences by region, by putting your West schools West, and you you wind up going back to where we were five years ago, or whatever the case was. If it winds up being that, and then you know, hopefully, you know, there's room for some of the Group of Five schools still to play and maybe wind up with a p5 and a g5 as two different things and they each have their own playoffs
2: absolutely tell folks where they can find you tony i knew you'd be right on top of this i've never seen it like this now i I haven't either it's 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 um i'll tell you this this is going to be
5: an interesting year And college football to say the least. (laughs) It's going to be strange because we're all going to be looking forward to what's next, you know? Yes. Thankfully in a few weeks, we're going to be talking about games. We're going to be asking how Vanderbilt is a two touchdown favorite over anybody like Hawaii. (laughs) Um, And we'll be talking about those things, but it's last word, last word on sports.com. And you got the college football link right there. We have ramped up our staff during the off season. We've been blessed with budget increases and ramped up our staffs. we got 30 riders across the country covering college football We've got a Twitter feed, at lastword on CFB. We're on Instagram, Facebook. And you can get me, at Tony Bruin, on Twitter.
2: Tony, thank you so much. I appreciate it, Paisan.
5: Always glad to do it, Brother Dan.
2: Thank you very much. Don't forget to check out my friend. Always great. I can't wait for the college football season. I have to put my top 25 in tonight, actually. As we get ready, a couple weeks, we're going to have college football. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
0: run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the jersey shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods
4: score and save in southeastern pa in delaware with
2: Yes, N'Kobe Dean. He's going to get beat out from a guy who was standing at the ice cream stand two days ago. Just Holy cow. Do you think he practices tomorrow or what's he doing? Let me guess. He's on a sabbatical. Or no, he's on a mission, like a Mormon mission or something. What's he doing? Is it an, an ankle injury, knee injury? What is this? Just curious. Dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just had somebody go like this to me. So someone goes like this. So you don't think, because um, our friend posted on my um, Twitter page. So, Dan, you don't think Jalen Hurts is the most uh, talented quarterback in the NFL? <laughs> By far not, no. But he's the hardest he's easily the hardest working kid. He's outworking talent. Okay. He's outworking and out thinking talent. Totally. That's a more talented player than Jalen hurts. Jalen hurts thinks himself around a football field better. Same way. Brady. See, Don't you understand when I say that? I'm comparing your boy to Tom Brady. Because Brady did the same thing. It's not a rip. I don't know why people are taking it that way. You don't have to be the most talented quarterback or the most talented player to have a better career than somebody else. You don't. No one would accuse Peyton Manning of being a better athlete than Steve Young or or Patrick Mahomes. No one would ever say that. Or Montana. Was Dan Marino a better passer and better quarterback than Joe Montana? Technically, skill-wise, yes. Yes. Who's 4-0? Joe. (laughs) Yeah, but Joe's not the most – he's not the most gifted quarterback. I I know. Batman goes to players all know about Jalen. That 100 list thing is about who played well last year. No one would ever confuse Jalen Hurts being a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. But if you're telling me you had a better year coming off the 2022 year – That's what that list means. And as I pointed out to you, Chris Jones is not a better football player than Aaron Donald. He had a better year. And that's respect from your peers. It's a respect list. It's a great list to be on. It's not a rip. It's not the best players in the game. It's the most respected players in the game. That's why it's not about why Jalen's third on that list. It's about how people revere him now. You know, I told Tone this prior to going on here. I've never seen a guy get both working in the same direction as fast as him. You're revered and you're working hard and people see it and rewarding you. Well, the league is, well, no, the players are. The league's not. Nor is the media. The media doesn't think that. Okay? The media doesn't think that. Any other, I mean, CBS didn't even have him on the top 50 players in the league. The NFL players have him third. Well, it's a respect list. Last year, Brady was number one. Brady wasn't the best player in the game. It was a respect list. Dallas fans are holding a heads every single day. They are counting Dak interceptions in practice. They need to put Dak in a preseason game. Louisville, no, they just have to play him against the Eagles. That'll straighten him out. Cause he dominates them. Hey Dan, can you book a guy like Dan Mullen? I can. I would love. Hey. Hey, um, 85. Did did Brian Johnson did he play for Kyle or coach for Kyle Winningham at Utah too? I can get Dan Mullen on because Dan could talk a little bit also about um Brian John, yeah, yeah. Because Brian, I I don't remember. Um. I, I I I did did he play at Utah? He was a quarterback at Utah. Yes. Kyle Winningham would know a lot about him too. But Dan Mullen would be better because he coached for him at Florida, and also at Mississippi State. So yes. Yeah, so we, we yeah I'll, I'll work on Dan Mullen. Dan's a heck of a coach. Hertz is not a bum. You know why he's not a bum? Players in the league have great respect for him. I have great respect for him. That's quite a list to be on. That's how that's how people in the league see him. Players, media doesn't. But players do. It's cool. Guy wasn't even on that list a year ago. So 2023 is going to tell us an awful lot who he really is. You go from not being on the list a third. Who is he going to be in 2024? Who is he going to be? I think it's exciting. and, And by the way, I know some of you are probably going, so you probably hope he goes down on the list. I don't hope anything i I hope he I hope he does and is whoever he becomes. His play is gonna dictate that not my fortune telling. I'm not a fortune teller. All I'm saying to you is I can't wait to see where and what happens okay Oh hey. and, And by the way, when I saw that, I was like, man, that's great. And how people look at him. Carson Wentz, number three in 2018. Was he? Don't say that. John Doe. No, he wasn't. What was Carson Wentz in 18? That's a great one. Thank you, Chris. What? Hey, oh, my God. What did the players have him ranked in 2000? That would be, a, you're lying. No way. The players ranked Carson Wentz number three in 18? I didn't, no way. No way. No way. I will not believe that. No way. No way. No way. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. No, oh my, that is so shitty to end the show on that. Oh my God. The NFL players rank Carson Wentz on the same list, number three in the same spot. Oh my God. No way. (laughs) I'm tweeting this. Oh my, oh my. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Carson Wentz in 2018 was number three on the list. That Jalen Hurts is number three. Shows you what that list means. Look at GT. They did not. (laughs) Yes, they did. Tones of walking NFL Dictionary. Oh, my God. The guy you guys hated. They did not. (laughs) GT's going to go. He needs a. Hey, you need a whoopee, man. It's all good, kid. I have to look that up myself, too. Holy. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Tone, before I get out of here, Tone, it's true, right? 2018, they named that guy. Tone. Tone says they did. GT. Tone says they did. Oh, my God. (laughs) Hey, hit the like button. (laughs) Ah! Xander, Big Joe, thank you so much. (laughs) 2018 top top 100 ranked number three, Carson Wentz. went sylvania baby oh my god what a great tweet coming holy cow at dan cilio show xander big joe thank you very much tone is going like this cilio i I, why would i feed him that shit (laughs) holy shit i I, you know i respect the list kind of now (laughs) hey three to six tomorrow And we shall see you on the flip side.